Okay. All right, let's go before we lose our nerve. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like five seconds from getting off the phone and like not doing it. Like literally just taking a nap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready in three, two, one. Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club, mm. which I know what you guys are thinking. Is it a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on <laughs> fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds? And it sure is. It Look is. at that. It is. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And today we're going to be reading Akko's Pick, which is an African-inspired fantasy novel called Kingdom of Souls by Rena Barron. Yeah. So just to give you guys a little background... Rena Barron is from a small town in Alabama where she says stories of magic and adventure sparked her imagination. Ooh, I feel like she hit all of our keywords. Right. Imagination. <laughs> like literally all the keywords. Like, can she do our SEO? Like, maybe. Right. Is Rena Barron, like, secretly us? Are we her? Like, is it the same person? <laughs> what timeline is this? Like, shit. Right, right. <laughs> Anyway, she loves all things science fiction, <laughs> fantasy, <laughs> goes and superheroes, so I guess she might be us. And she is the author of Kingdom of Souls, the first in a trilogy. By the way, the film rights have been sold to Warner Bros. and Michael B. Jordan is set to be a producer, so Wait, are you cool. are you serious? I mean, that's what the internet told me. Damn. I know. Okay, so, so. I clearly did no ass research because one, I didn't even know this was a trilogy. I was like, ooh, look, one and done Kingdom of Souls. Trilogy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, also, a whole film adaptation. That's. Yeah. Go I mean, well, shit. Right. Maybe then the future we'll watch the movie adaptation of the book. Yeah. But also, too, I will, and for reasons we'll go into, I, I can very much easily see this as a movie. I feel as like cinematically movie. this would translate super, super well. So. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. There are a lot of descriptions that I was like, I could see this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we love that. We love to see it. Also, I guess before we go into, you know, our usual shenanigans, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank some recent listeners who left us some really nice reviews on Apple Podcast. Yeah, recently we had these two reviews that came in that were just like super nice. Um, So I just wanted to take a second to read them. So the first one is entitled Five Stars Are Not Enough and is by someone with the username W underscore Curia. And it reads... Truly, this podcast is one of the best things that happened to me in 2020. I love reading, but magical realism has never been my genre. However, I wanted to push myself to really give it a chance, and I'm so glad I did. So to that, W, uh, I don't know if your name is W. Gonna call you W, that's okay. Um, Thank you. We love that. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you, W. You are super sweet. And they wrote more, and it was all very sweet. Also, Anxious MB gave us five stars, too. And they're like, good Mm -hmm. vibes, which, you know, we love a good vibe. Mm -hmm. And they say, came here from escape. Mm. Sorry. Came here from escape from reality. For some reason, I was like, I should say escape gay pee. And you're like, no, you shouldn't. That's not how you should say that. You shouldn't just read something the way it's written. Okay. Came here from escape from reality because I loved the dynamic of the host. They are clearly enjoying making the podcast and reading the books. So I'm able to listen to them tackle books and concepts that are too dark or difficult for me to approach head on. Mm. Anxious Envy, you completely understood what the point of this podcast was, which was to use love and imagination to talk about difficult things and explore topics of interest to us. So 
Way to go. Also, I feel like if you listen to us on the last episode, you have strong feelings about cottagecore and goats and, <laughs> or the tightness of someone's jeans. So look, good looking out. Oh, uh, we love that. But yes, but but in all seriousness, everyone, thank you. We, we really did appreciate those reviews. And also just to anyone who has listened to the show, shared the show, even just like yeah. had a moment of like, I like this podcast. Or like, you know what? Vaguely this is cute. Thought like, just about this show. Vaguely thought about it. Like, I don't know, somewhere a neurotransmitter was like, huh, Color Pages Book Club. That's a show that exists. Like, just thank you. Like, we love to see it. Like, yeah. it really, we really do appreciate, like, folks, like, listening and contributing and, like, letting us know um, their thoughts. And so we really like do it. appreciate all of you. So thank you mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool to have people that think we're worth listening to. You know, like, you only have so much time in your day. Mm. there's a lot of good yeah and there's a lot of good television on you also like i know oh, people are probably on. like well right because i was like we well, could listen to it in the grocery store or something that's true i like i feel like <laughs> someone right now is putting tomatoes in their basket and it's like a very meta <laughs> conversation They're like i am putting tomatoes in my basket <laughs> oh my god right and also too i mean shit like you said there's so many there's so much other media out there i mean with all types mm-hmm. of production values and like oh yeah budgets and like teams putting it together the sound effects Literally just Akko and me just being like, boop, mm-hmm. boop, boop, podcast, la, la, la. Like, just, like, <laughs> kind of fucking around. So we really do appreciate y'all listening. And, yeah, this being worth your time. So, so yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things being worth your time, I mm. have <laughs> a question. Yes. <laughs> Look at that transition. Come on, transitions. Okay. Yes, God. I'm oh, really yes. feeling this one today. But, but, um, okay, so Marcy. <laughs> what is your question, love? <laughs> oh thanks okay so my question to you in this book for context there is an ability to get magical powers uh-huh there's ways to get it naturally which is just to have it mm-hmm. and then there's ways to get it that are less natural which is to buy it or barter for it with mm. your life years of your life so my question to you is would you sell your life for magical powers here's the thing you okay. do not know how much of your life is being traded. Damn. I know. Because <laughs> we did this with the bookshelf, but y'all, y'all had too many good questions. And I, you know, I need to put some caveats. So yeah, you don't know. <laughs> um, it wasn't bookshelf. It was shelf addiction. But you know what I'm saying. So yeah. go listen to them. They're great. But anyway, yeah. Would you sell your life for powers? You don't get to know how much. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. But okay. You, yeah. Do I know? Okay. Do I know like I'll... You you literally said, like, I'm trying to prevent follow-up questions, but here I am asking a follow-up question. So, so do I know, like, okay, I'll at least make it to this age, like age, I don't know, 40 or 50 or whatever? Or is it like, you no. you take the deal, you have literally no idea. You could die tomorrow, mm-hmm. you could die in 20 years, you can die in 50 years. Just Yep. You can, you'll know after you do it. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Oh, that's hard. Damn. Um... Because, like, to be magical, like, could you imagine, like, casting spells and shit? That's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I'd be real flashy with it. Like, I'd be, like, walking down the street right. and just have, like, magic just, like, swirling around me. Like, it's, like, every moment. It's just, like, oh, my God. I'd be moving stuff. I'd be cheating on tests. I know. Shit. You know, I'd be buying lottery tickets. Hell, I'd be making money. Like, literally making my money. Literally. With magic. And it, it could just be one day. It may not be several decades i'm be. giving up it could still it could literally be i'm giving up 13 minutes of my life it might be it could also be 13 years it might. um a part 
I want to say, oh, no, I would never do that. Like, I would just, like, train in a craft and just become really, really good at it and just, you know, like, look at magic from afar. And it's okay because, like, I use hard work. But honestly, I think mm. I would do it. Just because, like, magic, girl, come magic, come on. Like, mm-hmm. shit, I could use magic to extend my life again. You can't. That, I'm sure you can't do that. But, like, I mean. That is a genie-esque, like, you know, like, three wishes asking for more wishes type of Exactly. I don't know. It's just like to be magical and to be able to like, but then it will well, actually let me think because mm. after a while, wouldn't being magical just kind of become pedestrian? Like, isn't that like the point of Fair. magical realism? Like you just like, it's like you've become used to like the magical phenomenon such that they become kind of mundane and not really that interesting after a while. Cause you're just yeah. like used to it. The other day I was like walking outside and I was like, wow, they're really like floating hydrogen, like bubbles and just floating in the air and like, the sky above us and we just like walk around and we're like okay with that like right. clouds are wild <laughs> no, like, just, like, that's, that's fine. <laughs> i'm so glad you said that because i was literally having a recent thought like that where i was like when we get really sad like water just like pours out of our faces and like that's just like a thing we've accepted like that's right interesting wild. like it's like there's this a thing called wind where like there's just like a force that blows against you just randomly outside like it's just and we just yep. are like yeah that's that's fine like so it's like it kind of, mm, well shit mm-hmm. now i don't know damn i think it depends and it's this is kind of to your point about the pedestrianness mm-hmm. is do you live in a magical world right because if we live now there's no deficit to not having magical powers because right i mean quote unquote no one has them i don't know everybody's life but <laughs> for the most part no one's running around doing some telepathy right akira style so there's like no issue but if we lived in the world where having magic was power, then it's a whole mm. different dynamic, right? Because then it's a matter of, if I don't have it, there are epsilons of society that are now inaccessible to me. Right. You but know? then it's also like, if I choose to take my own life just to have something that helps me assimilate into society, especially when no one else has to make that same sacrifice, then I feel like I would just feel acrimonious about that mm. and be like, wow, like Ooh. the oppressive structures at play really use magic to make me like think that I needed this to be, ba- actually fuck magic. Right. You know what? You say that actually, no, I'm good. <laughs> I think I would just be like, you know what? I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to learn how to like crochet and make it magical <laughs> in my own way. Cause yeah, like if it's like a thing where I have to do it to assimilate, then yeah, I, I don't think I would do it. But if it's just like a like a fun thing, like then maybe yes, that's fair. I was gonna say, I, so what if like because the, the idea is years for life. But your point is well taken, right? Like, I don't want to give up my life to the oppressor just because you know exactly it, it was supposedly the only option. But here's the, here's my my thought, right? Uh huh. If I live in a magical society and I'm at the bottom, there's a likelihood, right, that without magic, my life will be as short for other reasons, right? (laughs) Damn, them social determinants of health. Right. So you're like, okay, so the person's like, give up 10 years of what life? Of the life I would have if I didn't have any magic? Is that, or like giving up those 10 years might be more than I would have had had I not made the trade. Oh my God. Yeah. See, well, damn, when you put it like that, now I'm like, yeah, girl, like it makes more sense. <laughs> right, to take do the magic. Actually, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're completely right. Because then it's like, what it becomes like this social definition of being someone that doesn't have magic? Like, what does that translate to as far as like health mm-hmm. outcomes and like just like lifetime realities? Yep. And, that, mm. and then it's like a quality of life, 
you know, right. like there's a question of quality of life. And then also too, is it like, am I coming from a community that also isn't magical? Am I like kind of like mm. using this as a way to like assimilate and like ascend to society in a way that like they don't have access to? Or is it like they also have magical powers? Mm. But then at the same time, I have to deal with the cognitive dissonance of knowing that there's a group of people that like didn't have this choice that I like chose this privilege for myself in a way that like other people didn't or couldn't. Mm, that's awesome. that's oh my God. Um, And then there's like... One, there's a social stigma. In this book, there's a social stigma for doing this. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's that. Right. And then two, what if you are doing it in the service of someone else? So like mm. you have like three siblings and no one has any magic. And you're like, okay, I'll trade <sighs> this because then the two of you could have a better life. You know? Shit. There's so many considerations. Yeah. And then also too, it's like, wouldn't I always look at the magic that I had and be like, like I like I feel like the self comparison wouldn't stop because it's like I would yeah. be, I would feel a way that like everyone else like had magic or worse were better at magic than me but also mm-hmm. at the same time didn't have to make this choice at all and then it's like I would always compare like is my magic of like the same quality are they looking at me mm-hmm. the same way mm, but then I would have to like be discreet about the fact that I like like, like bought magic with my life rather than like just having right. it and but then it it's like, seems like they could tell in this book like I think they can if tell you had. I th- yeah, I feel like it's kind of clockable. Oh my god! But it's also like you're kind of like the world was already unfair. Like it was unfair, you know. It was unfair that some of you guys got magic and some of us didn't. But mm. who knows? And maybe we have to like be okay with the cards we've been dealt. Yeah, but then I'm also like, is there isn't there something to be said for like I don't know coming to a place of self acceptance and actualization without the coercion of like the situation around you, like without like this mm-hmm. idea of me having to have gone through some kind of like change to become more right. valuable you know what i mean like i feel like there's like also power in being like i feel like if i were to get magic then it would just become a situation of like 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 a temporary fix of like oh i'm magical now but then like you know i would still feel less than because of other reasons i'm sure or like the quality of magic you know the, the things i just you know mentioned yeah so you know maybe there is something for like not being magical but also just like finding radical self-love and acceptance in that um wait marcy are you are you saying the answer is love i think <laughs> <laughs> i swear y'all this is not scripted we really don't be like we don't be playing in this shit it's just I, you know honestly as i think i the more i think about it with the social backdrop and like the social translation of what having magic means i don't think i would do it I, yeah i think i would like just try to like figure it out accepting that like you know with that could potentially come like a reduction of like quality of life and stuff like that but at the same time like i don't know like i feel like i, sh- I shouldn't have to like change who i am radically and also like shorten my own life just to like be seen as valuable by y'all mm. so yes mm. i think i would say no but also like you know like if it was like in a more frivolous like oh like i'm just like me marcy i'm choosing to have magic in like a world that otherwise doesn't have magic and it could like be like fun <laughs> maybe <laughs> but okay. i think I, yeah i i don't think i would do it yeah that's fair what about you damn this is a hard question oh my god <laughs> yeah this one's a tough one I'm doing it. I'm taking the risk mm. because I feel like I'm a little look before you leap. No, leap before you look type of person. Mm-hmm. And the idea, you know, a little bit of magic sounds a little. To be fair, maybe I wouldn't actually. I I think in theory, I think I would. Like because the, uh, the option has not actually been presented to me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm that type of bad bitch. Like <laughs> I'd do it. <laughs> Because, you know, bad bitches got magic, so. <laughs> <laughs> I want a Matilda this. Um, so because the situation has not been presented to me, I think I am more optimistic. Okay. 
But I think given, Marcy, here's what I think would happen. If the two of us were standing there, I'd be like, no, we can't do it. We don't know how much of our life it's going to take. Let's just go back home and have some cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and then you would be like, in theory, you would be like, let's not do it. But then when we got there, you'd be like, ah, ping. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. Oh, see, now that I'm actually thinking about the situation, someone's like, yeah, girl, just take this magic and just like, I mean, you walk away a magical bitch. I'd be like, like, how do you say no? Like, how do you, how say, do you no? say no? And I just go back and I'm like, eat a fucking like bologna sandwiches with Capri Sun. Oh my God. I don't know. Like, that sounds boring. <laughs> right. I can have magical bologna with magical Capri Sun. I'm Damn. I'm so dead. <laughs> magical Capri Sun. Magic- <laughs> Arguably, bologna is magical already. But, um, Period. So- yeah, let me not, let me not shade the bologna community um, <laughs> like that. But I'm dead. <laughs> so. I- yeah, it's our question. I think that um, you've hit on something like really poignant, which is that once power is presented to you, it's far harder to walk away. Ooh, damn. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. being in a social situation, and if it was like me and you, then it's kind of, I don't know, right. something about it being like me not being by myself would, I feel like would make me be, mm. feel more secure about the decision. But if I was like completely by myself, I think I might, it might be a little bit easier to say no and walk away. Yeah. Which probably says something about me. No, I think that's that's humans, right? That's social. First, there's, there's a feeling of safety and legitimacy that it's mm-hmm. happening to two people, and I think I think that's the same logic as someone who's doing it f- to help a sibling or a parent or a family, mm. you know, or friend, right? It's that there's some other motivation that makes it more appealing. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I honestly thought this would be an easy one. Yeah, so. I, don't, I didn't. I really didn't think it was gonna be. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, girl, like I would take the magic and like be magical." Like, like I really thought that was gonna be the extent of my answer. And then now it became this whole thing about like oppression mm-hmm. and like assimilation, and then like and somehow radical love like made an appearance. Like had a cameo briefly <laughs> appearance mm-hmm. in the show. Like I don't know how that happened, but um. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of, actually, that's not it. Want to talk about this book? <laughs> 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 yeah let's talk about this book <laughs> these rigid ass transitions okay yeah so we're gonna take a break and when we get back we are gonna talk about part one of kingdom of souls woo And we are. Yeah. I can imagine there was like a long break in between and you guys like went and got snacks and you like came back. So welcome <laughs> back to snacks. I hope you thought about the question about your magic. Right. And the listeners are like, y'all know that that break is only like 20 seconds. Like who's grabbing <laughs> a like, whole snack and coming back? Like, <laughs> girl, there's not, no like, not enough that. time. They're like, we had no time to think about your question either. Yeah. The <laughs> listeners like, you're not, we're not. <laughs> Why are you talking for us? Great question. So... Speaking about the background of the story, let's get into it. So uh, the story yes. takes <laughs> takes place in a magical fantasy kingdom. I know. Made up of five tribes, all of which contain both magic users and non-magic users. Mm-hmm. So the five tribes are Litho, Kes, Zu, Atiri, and Mulani. To be honest with you, Kes, Zu, and Litho make very little appearance so far. But Period. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't know if they just needed five, but... Yeah, I'm like, what are y'all? What are y'all really uh, really yeah. doing here? Mm-mm. But mm. um, along with the story, 
is in the story, not along with the story. There are a pantheon of gods known as Orisha or Orishas. And they apparently way back in the day over here defeating the demon king and his minions 5,000 years ago to save the human race from the demon king, who I don't know why he was there, but he was. <laughs> also, the story has this thing. Every person has a ka. A ka is like your soul. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There's familiars, and those are like embodied, disembodied spirits that people who use magic and can see magic can see, and people who can't use magic, they can't see them. Uh, so real quick, with the familiars, they kind of made me think about... um. If you ever play Kingdom Hearts, like the, I think they're called nobodies or like the yeah, heartless. Yeah, the heartless. They do feel like the heartless. Yeah, like, like very. That. Yes, I agree. Very like creepy, crawly on the ground, like like bugs, but not right. Touch them like shadow. <laughs> shadow Literally. <bugs. laughs> also, I want to say Orisha's like that's like a real deity term. I'm trying to like I want to say. Oh really? It's um. Let me look it up. I don't want to. Let me not be misspeaking on the damn show. But I've heard that term before, Orisha. I don't know what yeah, religion okay. comes from. The Yoruba people. Okay, got it. So that's Nigeria, by the way, y'all. But uh, there's also the diaspora. So got it. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, in, in parts of, yeah, Cuba and Brazil. Looks like, yeah, yeah like there's um yeah spirits that, that are worshipped. Yeah, so this is Afro-diasporic situation here. Okay, but I don't think the story is based off of the religion i don't think so either yeah i think I it's just think like borrowing language yeah borrowing the name yeah okay perfect um sorry about that <laughs> no it's fine i think that's good to know and then so okay so then there's heka who's the most powerful orisha and the bestower of magic on humans there's a temple the temple is in the middle of tamar which is the the big kingdom there's like the kingdom tamar and then there's the tribal lands which are outside mm-hmm. of the kingdom and the temple has Orisha statues. But and then there's the green eyed serpent who is a demon. Yeah. And, demon and, <laughs> and real quick, I wanna say correct me if I'm wrong, but I wanna say in the tribal land, so those again are like Lethocast, Zoo, etc. They celebrate Heka, whereas in the kingdom yes. in Tamar they celebrate the Orishas. And in the book, I think there are t- yes. there are like hella Orishas, but I think there are like about twenty two that are like usually celebrated. Yeah, Marcy's yeah. right, yeah. And also in Tamar, there's like people can't see magic as much as people in the tribal lands because mm-hmm. I guess Hekka's not bestowing them like that. And then there's like this, there's the place up <laughs> north. Hekka kind of stingy with it, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hekka's like, I don't know about y'all. But Hekka like, is real. That much? Oh, girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> and there's apparently a place up north where nobody has any magic. But um, we're getting a little ahead, ahead of ourselves. So the book follows Ara, whose <laughs> father is from. Atiri and her mother is Mulani. Mm-hmm. Um, both sides of her family are very powerful magic users. So her grandmother on her father's ch- side is a chieftain, which is like a very powerful magic user in the tribal lands. And her mother is the Ka priestess in the main kingdom, Tamar. Mm-hmm. So typically people gain the ability to use magic in their youth. Like, ooh, I, you know, learned how to walk and I can move bricks, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> However, Ara can see but cannot use magic. And at 16, it's starting to seem like she is going to be a non-magic user for her whole life, despite her magical bloodline, which is fine. There are other non-magic users, but, you know. Right. But, like, for someone of her status, people are like, oh, girl, that's, like, embarrassing. They're like, ugh, ugh, ugh. So, at the beginning of the book, Ara is at the Blood Moon Festival, which is where Hekka, the god of magic, bestows on people their magical powers. Bestows the magic. (laughs) Bestows. (laughs) 
and Ara is trying to keep it together because she's like, I mean, I'm 16 and so I am not a child in the, no, <laughs> I'm 16 and so I am, I'm getting closer. Ugh. Ara's like, look, I'm grown. It's becoming less powers. and less cute that I can't use magic yet. So, exactly. Um, I'm gonna need exactly. Hecka to like come through, girl. Like, I'm, like, right. Mama, Dabble what are we something. doing? Like, right. Get me a swatch or something. It's just a swatch shit. of magic. It's like a, it's like a eyeshadow palette of, of magic. <laughs> anyway, okay. So <laughs> she's there with her friends <laughs> S9 and Sukar, who are non-magic users, who are fine because their families aren't like this big prestigious thing, and they're like not pressed. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone like can fight and has like weapons or swords, and you know everyone's very skilled at yeah. defense skills that i do not have so anyway they all take this like blood medicine they go into a trance part of the festival their soul their cause leave their body and for a second ara <laughs> thinks she's gonna get magic but haha jokes on you no magic heck is like ha 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 he, like he's up there laughing psych it is like wow heck good that was goddamn cruel Rude. <laughs> like, <Jesus. Right. laughs> who asked like how so, do you do it um, like that damn right like who it's just like an episode of punk like, <laughs> <laughs> you thought you got magic but you didn't <laughs> yikes like Hecka was like, ooh, was it good? Did you like it? Mm, I need that back though. Ooh, let me, ooh, let me hold that for you. She's like, are you fucking serious right now? Okay. Uh, wow. She's like, I literally didn't ask. But anyway, so Ara's super sad, obviously. And her dad, Osei, is actually really sweet. And he's like, look, I love you anyway and always. Like, it's not a big deal. And she's like, oh I know God. that this is like unconditional parental affection, but I'm a teenager <laughs> and it's not enough because I want what I want. And you're like, that's fair. Right. Then there's this like side plot where Ara runs into these boys from Letho. Like literally, this is Letho's only appearance in the first right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like rise to prominence but um yeah this yeah. was it and they were like we're gonna attack you because you don't have any magic and then s9 and Sukar roll up and they're like oh we don't have any magic either what you gonna do about it and they're like eek okay so yeah <laughs> and i want to say they also too were like talking shit about like um ara's mama and they were saying that she was like corrupt which uh funny enough might have been a little mm. a little foreshadowing a for little that foreshadowing. i didn't even realize it though yeah, but apparently everyone, a lot of people don't like her mother because of reasons that are actually out of her control. But I mean, you're true, right, she very, is, very actually. true. But anyway, so Ara then goes to see her grandmother, who's as we said, the great chieftain, and she's like, "I'm going to do all these tests, and we're going to hopefully get you some magic powers." And Ara's like, "I am skeptical," and she's like, hey, "We're going to mix some blood medicine. We're going to crack some bones. We'll see what happens." <laughs> Um, but during the test, a, ma- a magic, an old magic, possesses her grandmother. And it's not like a fun possession. It's not like a fun spirit. You know, <laughs> that, they're not playing with Uno. It's a devil spirit. It's right. evil. Yeah, it's a green-eyed <laughs> serpent. <laughs> no one's playing spades. Like literally, right. like, aggressively Can you imagine? not having fun. <laughs> Can you imagine they're out there like, ah, oh, man, reverse, reverse, skip, <laughs> blue card, yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> could you anyway, imagine so, like playing space with like the fucking ancestors oh my god we love it that, right mm, that yes. that would be fun but this that's not what's happening here not what not like, yeah it's, it's, it's super not fun so <laughs> um and grandma's able to like expel the demons because she's powerful and then she's like okay here's the thing i'm a pretty sure that demons have been gone for five thousand years she like flips the page that describes that in the book <laughs> five thousand years <laughs> 5,000, here they are back. That's not good. That's bad. Also, probably Fuck. after you, Ara. And she's like, me? Me? No magic Ara? Like, you, the heck is not even after me. Like, why are these spirits after me? So, um, yeah, so everyone's a little terrified about this, but they're like, you know what? 
uh, whatever. So Ara eventually goes back to the, from the tribal lands to the city tomorrow, where she usually lives with her father and her mother. And mm-hmm. we learn that Ara and her mother, Arti, have a pretty tenuous relationship. Ara yeah. wants her mother's approval and is hoping that magic will help fix their relationship and they'll be very close. And Artie is like, I don't think you're ever going to get magic. And honestly, you're a disappointment. Mm. Also, I'm very much more focused on my schemes. And I need you to just <laughs> assist you in my scheming. And um, Ara's like, oh, please tell me the background about the scheme so I can have context. And Artie's like, thank you for being the mouthpiece for the listener. Artie's arch nemesis is the vizier to the almighty one, Saran, who also is a sub-character for being the almighty one. is like not that prevalent in the first half. But he's really, the ruler. really isn't. Who the fuck is the almighty one? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's the king of the Tamar, but honestly, he's not that significant. Anyway, so he's the ruler of Tamar and she's got a plan to do something to the vizier because she hates him. And she's going to do it in front of this whole ceremony where the vizier is about to name his youngest son, Rujek. Rujek? Yeah. Rujek? I just said Rujek, Rujek in my mind. Yeah. I like Rujek. Okay. His, his youngest son, Rujek, as his successor. So, again, a little more context. The Vizier has three sons. The youngest and most important is Ara's childhood crush, Rujek, which we got some star cross lovers from Romeo and Juliet happen over mm, here. Come on. Yeah, right. So, there we go. But the two older sons were traumatized in this, like, rite of passage ritual that happens sporadically whenever the Orishas decide to have one, apparently. And basically, it's so the humans can pay homage to the Orishas for sacrificing themselves as save them from the demons that 5,000 years ago, but ah, so now the demons are back. So like, what did you really do, Orishas? Like, let's really think about it. Yeah, the Orishas not doing shit, um, that, that is a kind of a, like, mm, a, like, a, common like, a, like a trend, maybe. Um, mm, mm, look but. at that. So then RT tells Ara that she needs to come to the, to the ceremony. And Ara's like, this is probably not a good thing, but I like don't really have a lot of agency in the situation. So at right. the ceremony, the vizier obviously names Rujek as his successor. No issue there. And then at the end, everyone's like, okay, time to pack up so we can get some snacks and some food. Whose house are we going to? And Artie's like, wait, I have an announcement. And everyone's like, I mean, we really were shuffling out. And she's like, I have an announcement. <laughs> and she like shuffles her papers together. And she says, "Us children have been kidnapped. <laughs> oh my God. By an, an anti-magic user. Anti-magic is like demon magic. And she's like, based on the Vasir's family history, she thinks that he is the culprit. And everyone's like, <gasps> in disbelief. But then they also like just leave again to like go have their snacks. They're like, anyway, but that's really good. And Archie's like, like children were kidnapped. And they were like, uh... <laughs> Girl, we've been in this meeting for like three hours. Like, we're kind of ready to go. Like, can we talk hours. about this tomorrow? Like, damn. Yeah, right. So everybody leaves. And actually, it re- legitimately in the story, everyone just kind of goes on with their day. So Rujek <laughs> and Ara meet up in the market and they do some flirting or whatever. And Rujek invites Ara to come to his coming of age ceremony because I guess like, Again, the accusations of children missing is like not affecting them that seriously at the moment. Right. In the market, they're introduced to Ara's friend Kofi, who works in the fish market. And he's like, hey, I'm Kofi. I have a good heart and a tender soul. And Ara's like, I love you. You're my pseudo brother. I love you dearly. And you're like, bet, 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 bet. 
probably is going to end poorly for everyone involved. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like, oh, it seems like the kind of like innocence that if completely severed and taken away would actually cause a lot of motivation for our main character, Ara. But that's none of my business. Wild. Uh, wild. So, so <laughs> Ara suddenly decides to plot and she's like, oh, things are getting kind of intense and I should do some sleuthing. So she heads over to the temple, which has the Arisha statues in it, to learn mm-hmm. more of the history of, you know, them fighting those demons. So there are a bunch of statues in there and 22, as Marcy said earlier, one of them, the (laughs) unnamed, looks like the embodiment of evil. And she's like snakes surrounding her, like a Medusa type situation. Yeah. And then if you stare at her too long, you'll lose your sight for a while. No, I was just about to say that. I was like a literal... It's like super disturbing. Cool. And I'm like, why is this one yeah. here? And everyone's like, right. oh, we don't talk about it. And I'm like, we, but like that, that again, right. that kind of asserts the question. Like if y'all are only to talk about it and frankly don't know, don't know anything or aren't letting mm-hmm. on what you know, like why leave such an, like a prominent question inspiring yeah. statue in the thing? Yeah. And then you didn't even name the statue. Could have just named one up. To, no one would have. No one would have clocked it. We wouldn't have known. It was five thousand years ago. We don't know. We, like, don't, we don't know. Right. Anyway. And also, someone had to. Yeah. Right. Someone had to chisel the statue. Right. Like, what happened there? Anyway. <laughs> um, this is feeling very much like Grace of Kings when they're like, "You need to build me a bunch of statues," and they're like, "We can." And then you know, Mata shows up and he's like, "Y'all are not graceful." Anyway, so the story continues. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, go watch, go listen to Grace of Kings, and then go listen to Books and Bulba do Grace of Kings as well, and then ah, go yes. listen to She of oh, the Mountain. Yeah, they're great. So, which we did with them, She of the Mountain. Okay, so the story continues, and there's like a side plot where Osei, who's Ara's very, very loving father, is like, "I'm going to take a trip to find some white ox to make a powerful spell to protect Ara from the green-eyed serpent." Yeah, you guys remember that? Like earlier, there's a green-eyed serpent, and they kind of want Ara. So she, he, he's <laughs> off to go do that. Meanwhile, six children have been kidnapped at this point, and people are like, "Ugh, you know, we finished our snacks, we had our drinks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Tuesday, and I'm just seeing that the children are actually still <laughs> disappearing." <laughs> They're like, damn, um, they still gone? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> we were hoping fuck. this would solve itself. You know, like on Friday when you'd like see an email and you're like, ooh, I hope this is solved by Monday. <laughs> like, I'm not going to touch it, but let's hope it just solves itself. Um, so anyway, Ara <gasps> is, is worried about Kofi, who is in fact a child and he has an innocent soul. So there's much to worry about. So she goes mm-hmm. to the market and there's a lot of more familiars around us. Remember the familiars are the shadow creatures that she can see because she can see magic but can't use it. Right. And she's like, Rudjek, 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 Rudjek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you protect- <laughs> Like R herself is like, Rudjek, Rudjek, Rudjek. Rudjek's like, yeah, girl, that's fine. Ruru. <laughs> Ru. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm going to call you uh, Ruru. <laughs> she's like, turns to Rudjek, who's always around. And she's like, can you protect <laughs> Kofi? Because you are the prince vizier. She, no, he's not a prince. He's a vizier's son. And to the vizier to be. Uh, vizier in training whatever Jafar um, <laughs> you know how Jafar that's the only other vizier I, whatever Rujek can you protect Kofi and Rujek's like yeah 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 I also have lots of swords I got my two they're called genders Gendries they, he's like got these assistant people who are his friends they, oh yes them friends. yeah they're again subplot but um, 
So that doesn't work because Kofi gets kidnapped. Like literally the, you turn to the next page and Rujek's like, Ara, Kofi was kidnapped. And you're like, didn't she just ask you to protect him the page before? And he was like, I know. I also read the book and saw that I was supposed to protect him the page before, but he's gone. And the gag was, Ara was like, we, if there's only one child we can protect, it gotta be Kofi. Like we gotta have a guard on, like standby. Like there was literally right. a guard watching Kofi. And then like, Kofi gets kidnapped and they were like, what happened? And they were like, well, the guard like went to like the bathroom and came back and Kofi <laughs> right. was gone. Was and gone. I'm like, so you didn't just get another guard to what? Didn't I say, right. wasn't the one it's instruction, do not let this child out of your sight at? Yep. You had one jab. <sighs> okay. Well. So Hara is upset again and she's resentful because she's like, if I had magic, I could have protected him and everyone's protect- trying to protect me and they have to protect my dad's off trying to get some ox bricks or some ox bones or some ox <laughs> some ox tail. We don't like, know, right? Just... <laughs> 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 trying to protect me. And, you know, he wouldn't have to do that if I had magical powers. Right. So she decides to go to visit a charlatan and a charlatan's a fake magic user to learn the secret of trading years of her life for magic and now you're mm-hmm. like wait Akko wasn't that your question at the beginning of this episode it was it's mm-hmm. relevant to the story anyway Truly so now happened. as we said the behavior is frowned upon so most magic users and non-magic users are, are particularly unimpressed by this type of deal one because they're elitists and you know basically by trading you're getting access to power in a hierarchical system that right you're disrupting the order of things but also because it's kind of dangerous because you're like you are you know trading your life for magic so it's like and it yeah. creates a bridge a bridge between you and i guess the, the the magic world that cannot be severed unless you one get your own magic although at the point where you're making this deal you're probably not going to get your own magic because as we said you're supposed to get it when you're right younger. And then, or you die, which is the more likely thing to happen, considering the nature of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> and mind you, you know, I was reading this book, me, Marcy, just reading this book. And I was like, you know, our, uh, in a kingdom that has so many magic users, uh, not saying that you cannot do great things. I believe mm. in you truly. But... Mm. I mean, a charlatan seems a little extreme. I mean, maybe b- right. there's a coalition of magic users who could have uh, right. find the kids. Or, I see why you specifically had to be the one who mm. did all. I feel like we could have could have organized. Yep. I feel like we could have could have leveraged our like social status to yeah really like make this like a like a top line priority for people because you are I don't know part of the royal family. But um, right, you're also 16. So why did you think that you're like you having the magic power would be enough to solve this like very clearly serious and heinous situation right. that we got here, right? Like you should just ask for help. To the point where like, like expert magic users are like, yeah, we don't really know how to deal with this. So you are a never using magic a day in your life. Like day one would have the potential and capability and training and technique to mm. overturn this. All. Okay. <clears throat> Although I will say maybe there's a grief, you know, your pseudo brother. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on. I definitely, yeah, want to put that, yeah, thank you for saying that. Because, yeah, I just, I guess for me, I was reading that part and I was like, oh, it's, it's kind of extreme. But I guess, like, you know, just all things considered, makes the most sense. So, um. Yeah, oh, it doesn't make the most sense. It's just a decision. Right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So, yeah. So, Ara does this whole charlatan ceremony. There's like a scroll involved and like Rujik was there, but didn't really stop it. It's, I don't know. It's like this whole thing. At one point, Ara goes to, like, this tree and just does all types of wild shit. Like, she, like, yeah. pricks her hand against, like, a bunch of thorns. It's, like, blood of her. It's, like, a lot of shit going on. Anyway, mm-hmm. 
at the peak of the like kind of psychedelic experience that was doing the ceremony, like she is in like two places at the same time. So she's both at yeah. the tree where she was doing the ceremony, but also like her cob was just her, which is her, I guess her soul was just like kind of like adrift, just like kind of floating throughout the kingdom, just like seeing the tea, like what's going on. And like, she sees like her friends, like, try, you know, Ruchek and like Sorry, the other I'm just people. Thinking of her soul playing like Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like ordering some tea like getting some biscuits like being like okay well let me go back to try to like see what's up so literally like sees like her friends like looking for like the children she's like oh look at my mm-hmm. friends dutiful righteous trying Who to find these kids to mm, help you yes. instead of going to get magical powers look at that those same friends could help but you know what? it's uh-huh. fine and then she at one point she sees her mom she's like who's my mama oh wait why is my mom <laughs> In an outfit, I look like she's about to kidnap. So, is my mom a kidnap? My mom is the my mom is the goddamn kidnapper. So, dun, dun, it's dun. her mother, and she's like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe the shit." She like falls asleep. Falls asleep is like a really this is an understatement. Um, loses consciousness Thanks. is a better, yeah. more, much more descriptive way of describing what happens mm. next. And uh, when she wakes up, like she. Wakes up to her mom basically berating her, and her mom just like knows like everything. She's like, "It's like a bunch of the different things going on." Like a one in RT, her mom is like, "How could you fucking do this? This is the one mm. thing we told you not to do. Like we told you not to associate with charlatans, but here you go, like trading your life. You lost ten years of your, of your goddamn life, and for what? For some fucking magic?" And like, <laughs> I was like, "You know what? I um." just woke up i've been out for a couple days this is kind of a Mm. lot of energy going on but then rt was also going on and she was like you ruined everything like this wasn't supposed to happen like he said this wouldn't happen blah 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 and you're like and i was like wait who's this he person Mm -hmm. who's this person that uses he him pronouns that uh you're referring to so you're in cahoots with somebody with stealing these kids like what the fuck and so at this point then rt basically gives aura like a like a curse mark basically on her chest yeah. like she like carves a serpent into her chest which basically makes it so that like Ara cannot disobey her mother yep. ever so like that means any kind of thought or action or words or anything that could like fuck up RT's scheme that we're still trying to figure out at this point like she just cannot mm-hmm. do to the point where she'll literally lose the words if she tries to like speak yep. against her mother so really extreme so Ara's like wow that was a lot so she like tries to fight the curse and she ends up going to the vizier's house and she's like you gotta help me but then the I'm vizier sorry, just kind of like feel her like getting up and being like huh that was a lot uh, to the vizier's house right basically <laughs> so she's like she's like at the vizier's house but the vizier's like not really that helpful like he's trying to like get the tea on rt because he didn't really see it for her so he's like yeah. wait so what's rt's up to like you know what's she up to like what's she doing or whatever and like ara wants to say oh my mom is the one who's actually kidnapping the children but uh she can't so the visitor just, like, gets mad and it's, like, kind of useless. There's, like, some sexual tension with, like, Reject, but, like, honestly, skipping that. Right. Um, so Ara goes back home and at this point her dad's back from, like, getting oxtail and, like, made, like, a magical, like, bone charm. <laughs> and literally, like, he's like, oh, like, I found this white ox. I made this, like, bone charm. Now we can use this for, like, the... I think he got it as, like, a... It was, like, a demon magic protector. Something like that yeah, that would basically be, like... Ara. Basically, it was like, yeah, like yeah. you can use this to like protect you or whatever. And so, mind you, this whole scene is happening at dinner. It's Oshi, her dad, Artie, her mom, Ara, all sitting down, chilling, eating, whatever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Bone Charm was mentioned. And Artie just goes rogue. Like, at one yeah. point, she just, I, <laughs> she's like, you know what? Rather than Oshi just finding out that I'm the kidnapper, I'm going to just curse him. Too. So she like curses him. She throws away the bone charm. Like basically, is a two for one special, right? Um, and at this point, basically, <laughs> just makes Oshi her like puppet more or less. Yeah, I was thinking about you know like DSW has like a 
like a Memorial Day sale, you know, people <laughs> want. They're like, oh, you can have a curse and you can have a broken oxbow. Like, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's just like, why have but, one when you could have both? It's like, why just both? curse Aro when I could curse you too? So Right. I'm thinking of like the, the, the commercial. It's like, stop in quick for your like demon curse and <laughs> your oppression of your daughter. You know, like. <laughs> just a fucking mess. Like Artie saw that commercial and was like, that's a good ass idea, Macy's. Let me do right. that shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that's what we call efficiency. Right. Um, so again capitalism is to blame anyway so basically um so y'all are probably like so why would rt basically fuck up her whole family and do all the shit like she's trying to like kidnap a children like what's the tea so we're just going to take a quick pause and provide some context so love it for this to make sense we kind of need to know why oshi and rt even like how they even got together so basically Mm -hmm. long story short like back in the day when they were kids, or I guess like teenagers, you know, they kind of knew each other and Oshi had a crush on RT, but like RT was like, you know, really popular. People thought she was really beautiful. So like, he, mm-hmm. and, he, and you know, Oshi was kind of shy. So he didn't really feel like as confident going up to her. Long story short, one day he like had the courage to be like, you know what? I'm going to say my feelings to RT. But then RT gets into a relationship with the prince of the kingdom. Right. And, but at the same time, people in the kingdom were like, oh, the only reason she's with the prince is because she bewitched him and like is under coercion. Like, this isn't even right. And so the old, so mind you, remember, RT is a Ka priestess. So at that time, there was a Ka priest named Ren Eke. Mm-hmm. Who was essentially ordered to investigate the whole situation with RT and the prince. And so what ended up, Basically, so the investigation, quote unquote, that took place was essentially one that pretty much removed all of RT's kind of personality and essence that she had at the time. Because, like, when she was younger, she was much more, like, effervescent and, like, caring and all of that. And, like, you know, as we see in the book now, she's considered pretty cold. Like, I guess, I don't know, people don't really perceive her as particularly warm um, or affectionate. Yeah, I think that's accurate. So we're just kind of putting together all the context so y'all just like know everything because I don't mm-hmm. know the book does this whole like gradual reveal. We'll just tell y'all all the tea right now. Spoiler alert, <laughs> I guess, but whatever. You're already listening. So before I go into the next part, trigger warning for like psychological manipulation and assault. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah. so remember when I said that? Yeah. Like so, Ren Eke was told to investigate RT's whole situation with the prince. Um, we basically find out that Ren Eke was actually someone who would do this. He would use his magic to like manipulate women's memories and kind of fill their heads with like made up memories of his own choosing and would essentially Mm -hmm. use these like this memory manipulation in order to like i guess elicit certain behaviors from them or like certain outcomes and you as a form of manipulation right of like of of saying that these this is who you are and he would take like a lot of young woman girls woman woman and and girls and like who didn't have a lot of social clout or power. Mm. And that's, that's who he practiced on before he did it to Artie. So. Yeah. So so that's what happened. Um, so, you know, needless to say, Artie was put under the same process. And while it was all happening, we learned a couple of things. So one of Artie's mm-hmm. first memories was that she was being whispered to by the Demon King. Yes, that's right. Oh, the same yeah. Demon King that Orisha's quote-unquote got rid of right. 5,000 years ago. <laughs> Um, so the Demon King was like someone who would whisper to her. And so Archie was like, oh my God, if Ren Eke goes into my memories, he's going to see that. And that's going to cause all types of shit. Mm-hmm. And so somehow in the process, she was able to like shelf those memories so that Ren Eke couldn't manipulate those, but he manipulated everything else. But she knew that he was doing it largely probably because the Demon King reminded her, this was the thing that happened to you. Mm. And so while this was happening, Archie was reaching out to the Orishas and was like, hey, like I'm under this psychological manipulation that's going on for like mad long. Can y'all help me out? 
And they didn't do shit, just kind of shrugged mm-hmm. and were like, well, that's unfortunate. Didn't really do anything. And so at this point, all of this is happening. Later on, we come to find out that Ren Eke ends up actually training RT to become the cop priestess, which was like this yep. whole thing. Um, we also find out later that so Ruchek's dad, the visor, was the one who actually accused RT originally of being the yep. one to bewitch the prince. Because I guess he was like best friends with the prince back in the day. So he was the one who pretty much was the catalyst to this whole psychological manipulation that RT was subject to. Yep. So Which yeah. is fuddy duddy. Like it was so unnecessary. You're like, what do you mean? Like uh, and like yeah. there there's no real like Rujek's father has no right to be angry at RT yeah. for the that particular thing, maybe for the children stealing. That's a whole different you know, scenario. But like the vizier, like, you were wrong, and you knew you were wrong. So the fact that you're still mad is so annoying. Exactly. Like, you were simply wrong. And this horrible thing happened, and you uh, you were like, actually, I'm going to just be allergic to accountability and just right. be mad at you. <laughs> like, well, that makes sense, girl. Anyway. They're like, introspection, and then he, like, sneezes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now Artie's using the ka of the children to... Do something with the Demon King. We don't really know all the details yet. We'll get to that in a second. But that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I need to know right now. That the children's souls are being used for the demon. The yes. demons. Plural. Anyway, <laughs> so all this happens and Ara's like, wow. Uh, it's a lot of exposition. Uh, so like, there's a brief little subplot where Rujek has like a coming of age ceremony. And him and Ara are like flirting. And like Ara's jealous because at one point like... He's getting all this attention from these like women dancers who were part of the ceremony, and I was like, "Do we really like have time for this?" Right? Like, like I truly like, had under- the same thought. <laughs> like I was like, "Like you're like under a curse mark. Your mom is like literally about to bring down like the fall of society. You know um, the kids are missing. You can't stop her because you've been cursed. You sold ten years of your life, and you really can't. Right? I mean, can you use magic? Haven't really seen it yet. No shade. Like, right? <laughs> it's a lot going on. But Rujek being like at this party, you're like, "Wow!" Like I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, I just feel like. Or even going to Rujak's ceremony, and like I feel like I would stop doing any normal thing. Like I feel like right. I, your dad's been turned <laughs> to a puppet. Like I don't, <laughs> I have no idea how I would be functioning anyway. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so that all happens, um, mind you, because Ara and her dad are under like RT's manipulation. At one point, they're both at, they're both at the party. I guess getting their lives mm-hmm. at the party, and then they're kind of compelled to go to the temple where RT was this whole time. Like basically, the whole book was at the party except for RT. So they're like, oh well, I guess we have to go to the <laughs> temple now. So they go to the temple and they end up going like underground, and they see all these like Ara's looking at all these like like shit written in blood on the walls and like all types mm-hmm. of, like shapes and shit like that. She sees all the kids in question, and then she realizes that like. RT is not trying to like just summon like a demon. Like she's trying to summon like the demon king. Um, <laughs> capital D. Capital D demon. And so at this mm-hmm. point, Cha saw that. Me, Akko, fucking Hazel, Otis, <laughs> like fucking MD from the last book. All of us were like shooketh in our boots, girl. Like literally, we're just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> And RT's like, I'm going to actually have to ask for some silence so I can do the exposition dump. We're like, oh, yeah, girl, sorry. Right. You know, keep going. And so basically that's the part. So this is the part where she talks more about, you know, the Ren AKPs and all of that. How, you know, like the Demon King was pretty much the only one who helped her while she was in that situation under his under his control. And so now she's trying to summon the Demon King again after yep. all these years. And so 
Then she does this whole ritual where she literally takes the souls of these children, killing them in the process. Yeah. And she has them uh, like summon like the deep, not the demon king, but the demon king's aide, whose name is Shesmu. Yeah. I was like, Shesmu, who? What? what? I was like, like, who the fuck is Shesmu? But Shesmu rolls up and I'm like, doesn't this cast of characters, they're already kind of big, but okay, Shesmu, I guess, can join the group. Um, So (laughs) I was like, how do you you become the demon king's assistant? Like, is there a resume process? Right. Like, I was like, like, what was the Interview processes like really? what, what did that cover letter look like anyway so so shesmu rolls up mind you shesmu doesn't just show up as a demon shesmu is inhabiting the body of oshi who's there yeah um using his body as like a like a like a vessel to have these discussions and so like archie's like hey shesmu how you doing girl and so ara's looking at like wait you know this motherfucker like it's just this right. whole she's like oh so y'all so, so you really you mad deep with the demons like it's like right. it's, it's not, not some casual, casual relationship <laughs> 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 oh my god so um so basically they have this whole conversation Ara's truly in disbelief and basically yeah. so rt says to shesmu she's like hey girl you know i'm trying to bring back the demon king blah 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 come to find out <laughs> that you essentially in order to bring back the demon king you have to have two things you have to both have the magic of heka which mind you is like like the top orisha and also the magic of the Oh, demon magic. You have to have, like, demon magic. So demon magic plus hecka magic apparently equals the demon king. That's how you... Right. That's how you do it. <laughs> and, so she, and so Archie's like, I'm gonna need you while you're inhabiting Oshi's body. I need you to give me a daughter so that, like, I can use her body to, like, I guess summon demon magic and then I'll get hecka magic and we can bring back the demon king. And Shesmu's like, I'll do it. But... If you fail, I will eat your and Ara's cause. Mind you, their spirits. And Ara's like, whoa, 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 my cause. And then Archie's like, you know what? Deal. And she shakes hands and she's like, oh, we have a deal. And she's like, but don't worry, I won't fail. And Ara's like, how the fuck are you going to just throw my ass into right. this whole equation? I did not ask for this. Like, like I just, I truly cannot. Um, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so at this point, literally, so again, so me, Akko, Otis, all of them, uh, we are all just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is really, this is the wildest shit we've done ever seen, but uh, we got some snacks, just leaning back, legs crossed, right. watching the plot thicken, like, <laughs> just like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> plot thick- and you're like, Artie, how are you going to trade a soul that's not even yours? Like, she was like, I'm going to trade my soul and Ara's. You're like, it's <laughs> your soul. You can't be trading other people's souls. <laughs> Truly can't be doing that. My whole cop, my one ass cop. My okay, whole cop, Yeah. So anyway. all this is happening and Ara's like, okay, well, luckily, okay, so she said demon magic and Hekka magic. Like, okay, luckily Hekka wouldn't be so careless as just like <laughs> give up his fucking magic. But oh, wait, just kidding. Because literally at this point, RT <laughs> does like another ritual. And I'm like, what is RT's like chakra system looking like? Girl, how do you right. have this much fucking magic? Jesus Christ. So she like, summons Hekka himself. <laughs> oh, what'd you say? I was like, I can barely get through my work day. Like, by 2 p.m., I'm like, I can't send this email. She's doing <laughs> multiple rituals in a row. Literally, like, two for two. Like, I'm just like, you, uh, just endless. Uh-huh. So, literally summons Hekka himself. And Ara's like, ain't no way Hekka about to sit here and give his magic to RT, who is clearly <laughs> evil. And then, like, RT was like, oh, well, I'm from the Mula- Mulani tribe. And, like, you owe me. And, like, blah, blah, blah. And Hekka's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, girl, I do owe you, like, $3. <laughs> um here's all my magic and RT's like thanks girl and it was like wow like that took like two seconds and Ara was like wait so we literally one half of the demon king re- resurrection's already here because Hekka's ass go talk right uh, <laughs> so like, like what and so then like Ara's looking at Hekka like girl I know you're not just give your whole magic over to RT and then Hekka's like 
Aura, it is up to you. <laughs> you have to save us. If Artie's plan works, like, it's going to be a mountain of bodies to the sky. The world will end. Like, <laughs> you got to save us, Aura. And then Aura's looking at herself in, a, like, a nearby mirror. Like, so me, non-magic using Aura. Right. Aura, who literally is, like, 0 for 17 at this point, who literally, <laughs> like, has anything gone in my favor in this book. I have to save the world when you were right. literally magic incarnate. Okay, girl, just hand over that also, labor to me. I guess that's fair. Like, we're five seconds ago, you could have just not given her the magic powers that she exactly. needed to do half of the ceremony. <laughs> just Venmo her later. I know you owe her, but damn, like, all your magic, like, <laughs> the fuck? Anyway, yeah, it's wild. So... All this happens. It's like a lot. I was like, "Ooh, wow, that was a lot of plot." Um, yeah. There's like a quick little interlude where like one of the gods is like, "Yeah, um, I had like a sister that was also an Orisha that like fell in love with the demon king, and I was like supposed to kill her, but I like just ended up like taking her ka out of her body and just like kind of like implanting it into humanity. So it's just been kind of like floating from generation to generation, like forever." Right. Um, and you're like, "You oops. have to sound real." And I'm like, "The Orishas are what?" Why do y'all worship these people? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that is so irresponsible. So, like, the fact that that? RT's literally summoning the Demon King, probably because she has this deity's god, like, in, yeah, that's hers. Um, So, anyway, months pass and. The kids are still missing. Um, and people are like, oh, girl, we got to find these kids. And uh, Arya's like, yeah, girl, this kid is a dead girl. Um, mm-hmm. They ain't coming back, but okay. Um, so Arya's mental health naturally but is just declining But she also can't rapidly. say anything. She can't say anything to anyone because of oh, the exactly, curse. Oh, exactly. Because of the curse. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she saw Kofi die. Her mom is literally bringing back the Demon King. Like, mm-hmm. her dad is still a puppet. Her magic ain't really existed for real. Like, the like the demons. Like, it's just... The familiar is taking... It's just a lot going on. So Ara's mental health is declining rapidly. And she's like, okay, so the only thing I can do at this point is poison my mom. Like, only option. Right. So she ends up going to a market and she runs into, like, the moon Orisha whose name is Corey, which is, like, that's, like, fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> so Corey was like, hey, girl, I'm, help- I'm down to help you, like, defeat your mother. But, like, we, you know, we got to work together, like, blah, blah, blah. And also gives her the really useful tidbit that, like, the curse mark that, like, Aura currently has isn't actually lethal. Like, it's one that'll stop her from right. going against her mom, but it won't actually kill her. So Corey is like, use that to your advantage and Aura's like she you ain't gotta tell me twice okay that's fine also yeah something about Aura's protected by demon magic or Artie's protected by demon magic <laughs> magic right. um anyway so yeah so Aura like <laughs> gets some poison <laughs> like Aura like gets some poison puts in like a drink like, gives it to her right, mom right so she just told her that you're protected she's protected by demon magic and you're like guess this poison will work and you're yeah, like the poison probably will- not right <laughs> just I <laughs> But, you know, gotta try. So she uh, gives her mom the poison. And Artie's like, did you just try try to poison me? And Ara's (laughs) like, no, girl. Like, what? 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 Um, What? I don't have a motive. Why? why, And and Artie's like, you know what? You talk all this shit about me, Ara, but you are just like me. Whoo, girl, we come from the same cloth. Yes, we are. And Ara's like, don't you ever in your life (laughs) say that shit to me ever again. So, fails. Also, the kingdom is falling into chaos and despair. Um, yeah. Lots going on. Somehow, during all of that, Aro's like, you know, I really want to make out with Rujek because we almost <laughs> made out at his party and I kind of want to make it happen, but like his dad interrupted it. And I'm just like really thinking about Rujek a lot. Like, just want to make out with him. And I'm like, Aro, the kingdom's okay. literally falling into despair, but I guess, you know, time and place. Um, 
So Rujek, who's literally always there conveniently, is there. Um, he's like, hey, Ara. And she's like, hey. And there's like sexual tension, whatever. Also, the almighty temple like bursts into flames. And then everyone in oh, the yeah. whole kingdom at the same time is like, oh, my God. Like, the kids, they're in the temple underground. And I'm like, how did everyone know that? Like, how did y'all... How did y'all put that together? Anyway. Um, right. But also the temple bursts into flames. And I also don't know how that happened. Anyway. Super unclear. So everyone starts mm-hmm. running to the temple because they're like, oh my God, the kids are missing. Fuck. And then Ruchek and Aro are like, we're going to escape. Um, and also maybe make out, but like mostly escape. But like maybe, <laughs> like lo- maybe, maybe we'll make maybe. out. Like, we'll see. You know, like <laughs> time will if tell. If there's time. Right. Right. Um, then also, of course, because nothing can happen, these evil henchmen show up and try to like take him out. So Ruchek pulls out his swords. He's like going in on motherfuckers. At one point, Aro's like, I'm going to take some dirt and throw it in some of these people's eyes as a diversion. But, uh, Ends up melting their faces yeah. in the process. And she's like, As she huh. throws the dirt on their faces, she's like, yeah, it stings because there's dirt in your eye. And they're like, no, it stings because our faces are melting off. And she's exactly. like, exactly. And then Ara's like, yeah, maybe that demon curse mark was a, maybe this was really the gift that my mom gave me. Yeah. Huh. Your mom kept being like, I've given you a gift. And she was like, okay, Co- uh, who was it? Kobe? Co- Corey. <laughs> Corey, there we go. Corey was like, "You, you have a gift," and she was. It, she thought it was that she was protected because mm. the wishes were like, honestly, if you weren't protected by demon magic, we'd just take you out. And she's like, "Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Thanks, heard you." And I was like, "So Corey couldn't uh, couldn't have told me that uh, this right that gift. this we had to was just, what we you had were to talking speak about? in riddles and I had to like kill people accidentally because right." Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's part one. Yeah. So we're gonna t- <laughs> we're gonna take a. <laughs> Right. And yeah, we're going to get back and talk about it because my word, the thoughts, we just have so many. Okay. Well, we'll see y'all in a bit. Woo! And we're back. Woo! Yes. So, uh, there's some fantasy, y'all. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a lot of like, a lot of lore, a lot of backstories. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're gonna now we 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 we, we, we go talk about it because uh mm-hmm. definitely have a lot, lot of thoughts. About. So so for me, I this book is really interesting because I, I I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it. There mm. are a lot of things that I do like about it. I like, for example, just like just a lot of the like West African influence that like kind of informed the like fantasy landscape. There's a lot of talk of like ancestral worship and like the orishas and like just like i love like the way that like spirituality shows up and kind of like some of just like these cultural pieces that are that are there it's nice to see kind of fantasy painted out in this way as opposed to like a eurocentric i don't know like medieval whatever the fuck (laughs) so like so it's definitely nice to see fantasy in, in in this realm and I mean, it just melanin popping, like literally, like everyone, like it's just, it, yeah, it like the landscape and and what's going on, and even just like down to like the different tribes, like aesthetics, I found really interesting. Like for example, in zoo, like everyone for the most part, people like shave their heads and have a lot of tattoos and like things like that. You know, it's just like right. I like kind of the the descriptions and sort of like the, I guess it's like the mosaic of like what this building. whole landscape is. Um, yeah. I will say. And this is again. This is. I feel like we've had this conversation before. So, <laughs> so like, let me know. But like, just because it is fantasy, and because so much, it, like, there's just okay. So there's a lot going on in this book. Y'all know we just talked about it. So <laughs> there's like. 
the Ka's and the priestesses and the Orishas and Heka and the kingdom and the tribal lands and the tribes and the like. We didn't even talk about really the different roles that people can have, like the Jindars versus like... I, I guess what Oshi does, which is more of like a kind of like an a how, how would you describe it? Like like an apothecary almost? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah like just like it's like it's like there's so many different like roles and like cultural pieces taking place and like just so much lore behind like the history of the Demon King and all this other shit that I feel like this book would have really, really benefited <laughs> from some sort of like visual or some kind of glossary, just something for the mm. reader to kind of go back to while they're reading. Cause like I shit y'all not. I Listen, I be reading like usually I try to read like you know a little bit every day, you know, read consistently and like try to like have bite sized pieces of, of the book. And even I was like forgetting certain shit. Like when they were talking about Rin Eke <laughs> and the whole like psychological manipulation, I was like, who was that? Like I literally was just like, who? Like who is Rin? Who are we talking about? Like it's just like like I feel like there's just so much going on that sometimes it's like yeah, like it'd be nice to kind of have some kind of reference point to like just go back and be like, oh, like the Orishas do this. Okay, there's this mm-hmm. part. Like I mean, shit, even in like you know fifth season Obelisk Gate, I think even in Grace of Kings they had this. Like there was like um yeah, yeah just like visuals and like glossaries and like things that kind of helped you. As you're going through, in case you forget something, you can like kind of go back and, and, and sort of see what it's about. I would definitely say that this book is probably one that's better consumed in a short amount of time. Like, I feel like if you space this book out a lot, like if you read it and then don't read it for like another, like for like two weeks and come back to it, like you're going to be kind of confused. That's a good most point. Likely. I didn't even think about that. That's a really yeah. good point. So for us in the podcast, it works, but it's definitely, yeah, something that I definitely yeah. would have appreciated. I will say, and this is, I'm trying to figure out how to say this part. I while I do like the world and I like the descriptions of the world, I there's something about the characters that doesn't feel I guess I don't feel as tied to them. Yeah. And I'm and I'm trying to figure out why. Like a lot of it is from, you know, Ara's perspective, you know, pretty much first person for everything. And like I understand her motivations, you know, I understand the people in her life. And like I like it's not like I dislike them. Like, I mean, they're fine. I mean, her mom's like I mean, kind of rough. But like, you know, even her, like I understand like the motivations and all of that. But like something about the world, I don't I, yeah, I just don't feel as like tied to the characters and like what they're yeah. going through. And I think maybe some of it might be like the dialogue. Like, even I mean, funny enough, even Ara comments on this herself. Like she's always like, Yeah, like my dad's always talking in riddles, and like my grandma talks in riddles, like everyone just talks in riddles. Like it, it feels very like regal and like there's not as much realism i guess in the dialogue as i would have like mm. liked to kind of just feel like it's more yeah like more it, lived in if that makes sense if it feels yeah. like the characters know that they're in a story if that makes sense yes i think that's a very good way of putting it like when i was reading it i was like there's just there's something tactile missing from the story something that makes me feel like this world is a real place exactly not like, not like a real play i mean it's not real but you know what i mean <laughs> right <laughs> like there's something um and i i think there might be a pacing issue too because things yeah. kind of happen and then as we were saying like oh the vizier may be kidnapping children everyone then goes to the market and you're like what you know like the right. temple's on fire redrick and Ara are thinking about hooking up and you're like well, what <laughs> and even you like, know, like it's like the oh, sorry no continue like, even with the kingdom being on fire, everyone's like, that's where the kids are. I'm like, okay, so for me and for Aura, that makes sense. But for a lay person in the kingdom, how the fuck did right. y'all make Like, y'all thought the kids were missing for, like, mad, like, 
months and, and then all of a sudden temple. all of you yeah. at the same time came to the conclusion that like the temple is the one kidnapping the children we need to revolt where did this come from was there a movement right. that was happening that just like we just weren't privy to <laughs> like <Right>. what <laughs> and i think like, it's those things the build up that's why i think it's it's a pacing issue because it's the build up it's the so the author does a good job of like laying out in pieces like the big reveals so you'll be right. reading you're like <gasps> and then you're like reading somewhere you're like <gasps> and then you know you get this exposition and you're like <gasps> but the plot points are not as well laid out you know there's some mm. conven- there's some conveniency things things that yeah, happen yes for yes. the convenient you know redrick we're not kidding he just is there and you're like redrick don't you have things to do and he's just like anyway i was here but then also at the same time he's there but like it doesn't matter that he's there when she gets the scroll because he like doesn't influence her having the scroll in any way you know what i mean like right so it's just like things happen and you're not really sure the gravity of them Mm. even even the relationship with kofi like we know that she loves kofi because the book tells us that she loves kofi right Um, you're like okay and she's like yeah he's my favorite (laughs) brother and you're like okay and then he's like he's gone that would motivate me to trade but you don't feel you don't feel the weight of why she would trade 10 years to find right we know because we're humans and we love people but it's it's not conveyed you know yeah and it's so interesting because okay (laughs) y'all know how i feel about superfluous characters y'all know how i feel about it and if you're new to the show i hate them i hate i hate more than anything (laughs) characters that are just there along for the ride not doing shit i'm like okay if like I'm gonna need all y'all to have a purpose. Like, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, and I will say this is, and, and this is not to say that this is even necessarily what's happening here. Maybe to a certain degree, but I think, for example, with Kofi, like, rather than having like, because like she has these two friends, like Sukar and Esnai, who I thought were gonna be like super relevant and like, oh my yeah. god, like besties, but then it kind of became all about Rujek and like they kind of fell to the side. And I was like, wait, so who are our friends? But even for example, mm-hmm. if like say those friendships were like really really close, right? And like Kofi was one of those friends, and like you saw or all these scenes with her. Those one of their friends, because I think it has to be a kid. One of those friends' sibling, right? Mm. You know, because it's right. like then they would be related. It's like, oh, I'm upset because my friends. You know, like I'm friends with him. He's my friend. Yes. You know that makes sense. And you're like, oh, and there's such a closeness. And then you know, Sukar and Esnai risk their lives to save her with the Litho subplot. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're able to save me. I wasn't strong enough to protect Kofi. You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah and and even like, because at present, it's like she sees Kofi in the marketplace. Like she'll throw him like some coins here and there. And like that's kind of it. Like you know, like it's it's it, it's it yeah. almost seems like a relationship of convenience. Like, I'm not saying she does not love Kofi, but like loving Kofi enough that. to trade a questionable amount of years of your life for magic, right? On the off chance that you might find him, it just right. seemed like it just didn't seem that congruent. Like I was like, right? Like yeah, exactly. Like if I can understand an emotionally made decision at your 16 and you're super super moved by it but right it just it didn't yeah it didn't come across like you're like what why didn't you just go talk to somebody like you don't know and also it's like you kind of you don't know who's kidnapping these kids and where they are so you mm. don't actually know that magic is gonna but the plot demands it because that you know the end influences the beginning as opposed you know right yeah exactly and even and shit even with the charlatan piece like i because again i like i I know i know the book was like oh kofi like that's why i'm doing this but even for example if if she if ara had like peeped 
that her mom was the one who was kidnapping the children. Right. And then she was like, oh my God, I need to stop my mom at all costs. Exactly. And I don't have any magic powers. Yeah. Exactly. See, even that would have made so much made more sense. sense. But for her to have already done it and then in the process, conveniently, it's her mom who did it. I'm like, so, okay, so pause. Yeah. So if it wasn't your mom who did it and it was like some someone else, <laughs> like, would it, right. would it have made sense? Like, like, would you have even had proximity to even being able to do something about it? Because it's to like, because it's your it, yeah. mom. Right. Like, it's like, you can, like, you have close enough access where you could have some degree of influence but if it was like i don't know the vizier or actually no not the vizier if it was someone who like held, held a, a lot of power but like just didn't like you didn't really know then it's like okay mm-hmm. what could you like okay you have magic aura but like what now what are yeah. you what <laughs> right. yeah exactly exactly it, it was yeah the, I, I think it was a pacing issue and then exactly what you're saying on the the plot um yeah. i i so. do i do really like this book I have the same complaints you have, Marcy. I do really like this book in a similar way to you. And the world building, I think, is phenomenally fun and cool and interesting and different. And I kept reading, being like, this is different. Like, I haven't read something like this before. And I'm Correct. enjoying that. I'm enjoying, I think that her descriptions got really eerie and creepy. And I think you were making mm. this point, and I agree, that it would translate really well in film. Like, there's a part where Oshi is like, eating the cause and it's like it reminded me of like the mummy when like the bad guy is like eating something and like opens his mouth really wide and it's like kind of terrifying but like would be really cool cinematically so i really like this stuff i also felt like the plot (laughs) and this is a double-edged sword because it also hurts the story because the plot takes a lot of twists and turns that you're like what but it's also kind of cool like i was like oh okay she's gonna and actually (laughs) Our friend, our mutual friend, when I told her we were going to read this book, she was like, yeah, the book takes a turn I wasn't expecting. <laughs> like it just, I'm not going to tell you what it is. But it just takes a turn. And I was reading huh. it. I was like, yeah, this, is, this is taking a turn. Because, I'm you know, curious. you're like, because I was like, well, okay, so she sold 10 years of her life for magic. Okay, so now she's going to have to contend with that and fight her mom. And she's going to have this evil power. And he, she's gonna her mom's going to have another power. But then all of a sudden, next page, mom's like, well, here's some demon powers. You're like, wait, what? Like, I was, I was, I thought I had the conflict worked <laughs> out already. Um, and then for it to be like, oh, actually, you know, and I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, how does her giving up her life for this charlatan thing um magic how's that inter- intersect with demon magic because they said like oh if you get your own magic like you're you're so but then i'm like does that negate the whole thing Ooh, she just did with the charlatan thing? yeah yeah and then i'm like does that mean it had no consequence it just was kind of a subplot you know and so the complicated story is cool because and this the idea of knowing some like a lot of times in these books you don't know who the villain is or you can't you're you don't have proximity to the villain and mm-hmm. that's a terror in its own right right the boss at the end of the level but there's right. another type of creepy that's really impressive about this book about her being close and not being able to do anything the powerlessness mm-hmm. of the curse which adds an extra a complication to, and you know and an extra trauma because she's literally watching all this stuff happen and can't do anything about it and there's a powerlessness there which is similar i think to a parent-child dynamic an unhealthy parent-child dynamic when you're a kid right you can see Mm. bad things happening and be unable to do anything about it's very realistic for a young ya novel a very realistic examination so that Mm. stuff super super cool really dig it pacing a little off <laughs> a little off. also <laughs> like i don't know her mom comes in when she like drew on her chest like a serpent on her chest and then she like woke up and she was like huh there's a serpent on my chest wild i was like that that's that's really serious like <laughs> what right like, your mom just like, stabbed you in the chest <laughs> she was like i guess i'll go see the vizier now what do you mean just uh, do you want a tylenol like do you need a nap <laughs> like what i don't 
<laughs> and then the vizier is over here bugging. Ruchek's like, hey, so, uh, right. Like, no flirt? Seems- and I'm like, right. I'm in place. Yeah. And I, I, so I was struggling with this because I like don't want to be that critical about young romance in like super situations because I feel like I always complain about it. No, but- me too. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, but but I, I I kept reading and I was like, I actually I'm grown now and I've been in some pretty not great situations in my life. Mm. And never in any one of them was I like, gee whiz, I hope, you know, insert name shows up so that insert person can, and I can make out. You know what I mean? It just it doesn't really <laughs> I don't really think I understand romance in novels, but I don't think this is properly intertwined. Like, yeah, like she'll just be like, "Man, I really just wanted to like make out with Rudrick," and you're like, mm. "Again, you, your mom just, just stabbed you with a serpent." Like, I, I don't think that's relatable to teenage. She didn't stab her with a star- serpent; she stabbed her with a knife. <laughs> right, <laughs> <She threw laughs> <with serpents. laughs> they're two different. It's like, things. how does that work? <laughs> right, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's realistic to a teenager. Exp- I mean, we've mm. been teenagers. Like, I don't think it's realistic to your experience to be like. You know, I feel like, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is like the second it becomes a teenage thing, everyone's like, oh, my God, a romance and love triangles. And, and you're mm. like, I think we can give teenagers a little bit more depth than that. Like, I, I agree. It, she could have been like the part where they're where they meet up and they're escaping together and there's like a romantic tension, but they're like still trying to escape seemed a little bit more realistic in the sense that like their, their affinity for each other is why they're in the situation together and why Rujik wants to protect Ara and why Ara wants to protect Rujik. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. I guess when I think there's sometimes an easy way out with this romance and the teenage novels, I don't think it's always nuanced and Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that happened in this book too, a little bit, a little bit, you know, but I, you know, I, it can be fixed. It's not, you know, it's not, whatever. I, I, I agree. And and I will say, I think that like that part, so that very last scene where they were like fighting off the hinge people together, I was like, this is actually probably my favorite scene with you two because it just seems like it just, it's like you see an expression of trust, like of trust and an affinity for one another because you both love one another and care deeply about each other. You're going to protect each other. And to Mm -hmm. me, that felt more like. Authentic. It just felt more like, yeah, like nuanced and like lived in and like, oh, yes, like this, this, like this completely makes sense to me. But like, I think at the same time, and this might be just preference. Um, so I love a like friends to lovers movement. Like I like I, I don't really always love it when it's like the love interest is introduced and it's like really obvious that it's the love interest or they're introduced mm. as the love interest because it's like. Yes, I'm. I know that this is a love interest because I've been told that this is a love interest. But, but like, I don't know why. Exactly. Why it's like the Kofi thing? Like I don't know. I I understand. You told us that that they care, but I don't know why. Especially like for how intense like the Romeo Juliet aspect of their relationship is, considering like his father like made her mother's life a living hell, and that's now yeah. purported onto her whole life. Like I think we need a little bit more than like. Rudrick like has midnight eyes and these midnight eyes. Oh my god! And you're like, I get. Them. There were That's so cute. many descriptions of the midnight black ass obsidian <laughs> eyes. Yeah, they and were I'm like, so obsidian. They were just so obsidian. So, so just black. these beautiful dark eyes, and I'm like. <laughs> Although I am, I I do, yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of melanin. I like the melanin. I like the romanticization of the skin tone and eye color and things that aren't mm, as, yeah. um, you know, there's a typical Western specificities that like go with blue eyes and green eyes and such 
I think that there was a little bit, though. I did notice that, like, Redrick had curly hair, but it was not kinky hair. It had to be loose. We yeah. had to be told very often it was loose. And we had to be told that Ara mm-hmm. is not as dark as her father. You know, just so we know, she's not as dark as her father because her mother yeah. is very light-skinned. And you're like, uh, okay, I mean, I'm fine with the description. Yeah. But it was just very specific. <laughs> yeah, and, and even Redrick's mama is from... Uh, th- this is definitely a trope in fantasy, but, like, from, like, the northern region where like people are just like whiter and like mm. or just white um and we don't know much about the northern region either she just like yeah. and she was just here and you're like doing what being okay so yeah cool. so we so yeah like like you said there is that like oh you know got my light skin curly hair <laughs> right <laughs> and i, I don't want to like come for this book and say because it's like I, I but i was while i was reading it what it really made me think was like how many stories do i read where there's something that makes the person i guess more palpable to mm. the western standard like i'm thinking about dread nation and it's like yeah. oh she was actually her like father i mean her father was awful also like what um you know what mm-hmm. i mean i don't know why he's like white <laughs> he was just white he was a slave owner so i guess i'm like right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was then i'm in the the, the south <laughs> um but yeah so it, there's that i was just thinking and then i was like even in the black or the berry like her hair is looser curled mm, uh, yeah it, i was just like thinking about, i think the only one that's not like that is obelisgate which is not the name of the book the Broken Earth Trilogy. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was like, let me just note this for as we keep reading to see if it's a continuous trend. I'm not going to like make a judgment call on it now. And I'm not going right. to hold this book to like, and you know, it is the perpetrator of this. Like, it's fine. I, this, I really like this book, to be honest with you. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. Yeah. yeah no, and I real. like. I like Artie. I like I like the adversarial mother daughter relationship. I don't. We don't see Same. a lot of those. Maybe I mean maybe we do. I haven't seen a lot of them, <laughs> and not not one that's so complicated. Like Artie is a compelling villain. Like oh down. And the psychological torment is very like that part of the book. I was that's why I put the trigger warning. I was like this is quite dark. It's a little scary. Um, yeah. Well written, and and it it her motivation. In fact, Artie's character is probably the most tactile character in the whole. I book. agree. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, because it's like it makes sense. Like her deal with the the demon king. Like it's and it made me question. I was like, you know, it made me question the Orisha because I was like, but if the demon king's the only one who helps this girl in the situation, like who is the villain and who is the hero? Mm. Uh, and then we still we got questions because the Orisha were supposed to have taken care of these demon kings. And then your question is, are you just who now? Who gets to call who a demon king? You know. Oof. Um. So. Yeah. That that's interesting, but but Artie's character being in the crosshairs of this is so fascinating and so tragic and also so interesting, right? And she's she's look the the woman did have a bunch of kids' souls get eaten, so no one said she was a good guy. But and I I like that too. She's not a she's not you know there are characters who are like oh they're villainous and you're like oh I actually feel bad you don't feel bad for Artie. Artie is clearly a villain, but she's oh, compelling. Yeah. She's a compelling villain. I really, really thought that took nuance and skill. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, it's so, and I kind of, and okay, I'm not saying that I'm glad that Kofi and them died, but like. Stakes. There were stakes. Exactly. There were stakes mm-hmm. and Ara just, per her logic, she failed. She was unable to stop her mom. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, 
there was a line was crossed. These people died. And like I witnessed it literally couldn't do shit about it. And it's just something mm-hmm. about that kind of like that was just so visceral. And just the way like, she just like already just did it with such simplicity. Like with that. Like and I'm sure she was I mean, she was conflicted about it. Like you see descriptions where like, you know, she like didn't love that she had to do that. But she was like, it's a means to an end. If I'm going to sell them to mm-hmm. the, the demon king, these people have to die. It is what it is. And it's just like there's something about that kind of reasoning and like. And you also know exactly why Artie is the way that she Does is, think, yeah, especially exactly. when you have this whole like kind of Orisha subplot where like maybe the cod that she has was is the same cod of the of the Orisha right. that was in love with the Demon King. It just makes it all very right, right. She's a puppet in the way that she's puppeteered up, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and it's so interesting. And then the way she is conflicted to help her daughter, but with a power that's quite sinister. You know, it's like here's my gift to you is this like evil power you know but it's at the same time you're like you know if you're a villain right like <laughs> basically Ara's the daughter of the villain is what's happening yeah. in the story and that's a really interesting story um, and, yeah it's it's super unique I've, i i can't really recall when i've seen this kind of depiction like that before and i will say too you know because this is the color pages book club like it really does make you look at the kingdom a certain way because you're like, yep. listen, y'all, Artie is summoning the Demon King because y'all tortured her and tormented yeah. her for having the audacity to be with be the alive. prince in a way that y'all right. didn't really approve of and then go through all types of psychological torment that I'm pretty sure everybody knew about and didn't really do mm-hmm. shit about, including the Orishas. So, like, yeah, the Demon King was the only one who listened. Can you right. really, like... I'm not saying that everyone in the kingdom is at fault, but like the kingdom is does not have Complicit. no role in why this is happening. Like literally right. this is happening because like of when, you all. So Yeah, and like the Ren Eki guy, everyone before was like he's the best. He was the best cop priest whoever was. Exactly. He was so kind and so fair. Can you imagine the torment of having the person who literally tormented you and is still torment the people go through this in real life you know that again yeah. that's why we put the trigger warning on but to have that person be fine and not even just fine mm. but venerated can you imagine right. the, the irritation the disgust and that's the thing like evil was already brought you know already is the most obvious evil the most obvious villainy but the villainy lies in the infrastructure and the institution of the kingdom mm-hmm. itself yeah. it's like when sasuke and Naruto <laughs> gets got by no his whole fit clan gets got by his brother and you're like oh his brother is clearly the villain but then you realize there's this whole political backstory where the Hokage that's the head of the village I realize we always make Naruto references and give no context the Hokage who's the head of the village and some other <laughs> political players ordered the, the hit and the assassination of his clan so that they could keep their political power and then what you realize then is like you have a villain you have villains and then you have villains you know I'm gonna start doing right. that villains um <laughs> And those institutional things <laughs> that cause it's the smaller or the the offenses that we do not think anyone will notice that end up coming mm. back. You know, it's the killmonger. It's the um, things that we do in haste and apathy and to the right. powerless, to those we think are powerless. The, the things we cover up, you know, exactly, um, which leads to these bigger issues. And I think back to the fact that Rika... Ren was his name Ren Ki- Ren Reneke, God, I, or I have notes like I'm literally looking at the notes and I was like <laughs> I'm just gonna make up a name for Ren whatever Ren okay, like was torturing those girls who had no power who weren't arty you know who avenged them you know they were people they had lives they had feelings no right. one and you know what it reminds me of 
remember that story we read in it was not fire with an exclamation point it was the other one and the fantasy one it was a story it was an indigenous person who was like (gasps) oh my god um with the deer woman with the deer woman they were like you never fall for a deer woman i can't remember i'm trying to think it was in in the Nisi Shaw's um yes. original uh, speculative fiction by people of yes. color. It was in oh our last um, summer shorts. I forget the name of the story and the author, but Mars, that memory is immaculate, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was about to say that book we read that one time, um, <laughs> but it was in that one where we talked about this very thing. Like, okay, this person is being taken over by a spirit and is like, you know, well, she's a murderer. <laughs> but you're like, but they're what about the murders left unavenged that caused this underlying feeling of dissatisfaction, you know, that right. of this feeling of revenge. Anyway, so I thought that was, I like Artie. I don't like mm. her. Like, I don't want to be her friend and I don't want yeah. to have coffee with her or play Udo, but I, I think she's a good character. <laughs> yeah. We will not be playing spades with Artie, but... Um, they, yeah, the ancestors will not be playing spades. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we'll be skipping that invitation, but um, there, yeah, there is something just deeply, deeply compelling about about her. Yeah, I'm interested. To, actually, you know, we did have an Easton... Who's the other girl? Easton and her daughter conflict. Oh, my gosh. Um, not me her name could be anything. Neeson. Easton and... Nisi. No, it starts with an N. No, oh my god, no, I'm, this gonna bother me. No, that's that's Rika Ayoki. No, it is no, oh my god, Neeson. Ness? It might have been Neeson. Nessin? Is it Neeson? No, it can't be Neeson. Hold on. I think it's Nessin. I honestly think she just put an N in front of her own. Anyway, that's not the point. Wait, the point wait, is- wait, bro, let me look this up. Wait, <laughs> is it truly Neeson? Wait, we're is already gotten name? too many things wrong. Too many things wrong to just let this one slide. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Nason, her name is literally. <laughs> yeah, she's Nason. Okay, there we go. Literally, we Nason. Right. My God, I never made that connection. This literally <laughs> changed the first vowel, put it in in front of it, said, "Boom, new name." What? <laughs> that is. Um, oh, we love to see it. Go on. <laughs> mm. Um, but I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> literally, Nason. What the fuck? <laughs> I was gonna say we did see that type of parental conflict, but I think it was less conflicting than this one. Like this one is very adversarial, whereas Easton and Nason's are, is a little less so. Because Easton is like a little more redeemable. Artie is like. I agree with you. Yeah. Rough. <laughs> it's yeah, just like just yes. actually committed mass murder. Like right. This is not, yeah, but... Hard to come back from that one. Definitely. But, um, yeah, honestly, the only other thing, really, that I was thinking about was, um, I just love Ara's dad. I mean, she's just <laughs> so cute and, like, just gardens and sells potions and, like, oh, God. I feel like I was definitely, I had, like, a little bit of a crush on, like, <laughs> Ara's dad, Loki, as very we were, re- like, reading this. I was, like, he's yeah. just very sweet and just so and caring. Warm. He, like, tells stories and is, like, mm-hmm. funny and charismatic. I don't know. I was just, like, whoo, okay. And I'm just, like, I mean, I'm, like, I'm really sitting here thirsting over a fictional character in the same way that did with fucking Jamsha G from, um, Jamsha G was a cutie, too. Hill. Yeah, like, I, there's, I don't know, there's just something about that, like, paternal supportive energy that I just find, like, you very... You mean healthy masculinity? Yeah, just, like, very, like, <laughs> sexy and attractive. I'm just, like, oh, yes. But I'm also, like, you know... Listen, y'all, we've been in this panorama for 900 hey, years. Like, y'all gonna hey, let me have this. Y'all gonna let me thirst over these fictional characters. You're like, I am social distancing, okay? Listen, like, y'all let gonna leave me alone. This. Y'all gonna let me have this. But um, anyway, yeah, so Ochi is just very, 
very cute, very sweet. I just loved his whole characterization. Also, especially next to Artie, is just so stark. That's like, a it's good just point. like this very is stark. so like like you look at R like bro, how are these your parents? Like yeah. Huh? Anyway. And, but then so. you, and what I liked about that too was like way to like nuance the story, you know? Like women can be evil and can be caring, you know. Exactly, exactly. So that's a real thing about life. By the way, if you <laughs> have on. thoughts on <laughs> if you have a thought on how Oshi is just, you know, a zaddy until he got turned into a puppet, you can ah. tell us about it on Twitter <laughs> at the color pages. Or you can share your thoughts on Instagram at these color pages. And we have a link tree so you can go see your what books we're reading. We also put in the descriptions. Well, Marcy does. I need to be more responsible. We have an email. <laughs> if you want to be like, Akko, can you please be more responsible about the link tree? <laughs> Let me know at the these color pages at gmail.com. Um, and we have a website, these color pages.com. So check that out to see our collabs and interesting people. And again, like listen to some of the other things we did. We did She of the Mountain with Books and Boba. That was great. We did um, um, Escape escape from reality that's uh carry on by rainbow rowell yeah nice nice yeah we did some cool stuff we talked to some cool people so and all that's on our website you know go to our collaborations page you'll see it right there with the links so with the links we have right there look at us come on (laughs) and also too yes if this show brought you any love light delight mm, yes feel free to let (laughs) us know wherever you are listening to this podcast which could be apple podcast or not so just let us know <laughs> leave us a little review if you know someone in your life that you're that's like you know what you know what you need right now kingdom of souls you know what you need right now Akko, marcy otis fucking amdi and all these people talking about <laughs> like you know the space with the ancestors whatever the case may be like send that episode to them i don't know who in your life would meet that qualification but like if you know somebody send, send them this episode or shit any other episode we ever did with anybody because yeah we love to see it we love to see the engagement the interaction the community and yeah we just mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it really it really helps the show a lot so yeah so yeah oh also too oh my gosh we never even mentioned this we read up until chapter 20 <laughs> for those reading along we can put we'll put that in the show notes as well um oops yeah, but we read yes good good call right because people were like we we listen and we read along and we're like oh good we'll give you no roadmap to right like, let's, let's, like, let's just hide information <laughs> and just like be unclear um but yes but speaking of unclear Akko, is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out? Okay, okay. I like it. I like it. Um, No. So you guys are actually good to go. Just packing this up, packing up your lunch, you know, in your brown (laughs) paper bag and or reusable container. And just remember, the little note inside says, until we see you next time, just remember to Mm. stay Stay colorful. colorful.